Hi, I'm Rafaro, and you're listening to Start Up Surrey, a podcast brought to you by Shin Enterprise at the University of Surrey. This week, we spoke to Dr. Sarah Campbell, the founder and director of Play Well for Life. Sarah began her journey at the University of Surrey in 2011 as a psychology doctorate student and began her startup journey last year. In this week's episode, we talked about creating a social enterprise that aligns with your values, being a woman in a male-dominated industry, and about how she was able to receive mentorship and funding through student enterprise. I had a really inspiring chat with Sarah, and I know that you're going to take something valuable away from the conversation. So, here is my interview with Dr. Sarah Campbell. So first of all, could you introduce yourself and your business? Sure, so I'm Dr. Sarah Campbell and my company is Play Well for Life and we create games, both digital and board and card games to improve health, well-being, and emotional decision-making. So our first digital product is a music and game-based smartphone app, which will improve the mental health of young people in education. And everything that we do is underpinned by evidence-based psychological principles. So could you tell us about how you came up with the idea and how you turned the idea into a business? Sure, so I'd worked, um, I I had a career in the music industry before I came to university, and so um, both as a musician and in a record label so I was really passionate about music and what it can do emotionally and how it can help people and then when I was training to be a psychologist I also worked with young people and mental health children with autism um, in Broadmoor all sorts of places and I then worked as head of well-being in a small university and I just through all of my work experiences kind of saw that services for young people in terms of mental health tended to be quite reactive and it really seemed to me that unless you have money to pay you didn't really you couldn't really access really good treatment and therapy and it felt like there was something quite unique that you get in a therapeutic space particularly around sort of emotional intelligence emotional resilience emotional awareness that you didn't really get from other interventions so I really wanted to create something that addressed some of the um, issues around Uh, services being reactive rather than preventative so I really wanted it to be large scale and really accessible to everybody and so technology seemed like an obvious place to do that and then I think my love of music and seeing how powerful music was I really thought that music because it makes people feel so many things could be a really good way to do that and one of the really unique things about music is that people are willing to feel negative emotions to music that they wouldn't otherwise feel so it seemed like music is a way to help people learn to cope and manage their negative feelings rather than avoid them was really important because that's kind of critical to developing long-term resilience and being able to cope with life so I sort of had all of these strands from different work I'd done and sort of pulled it together into an idea. And then it was really important to me that my PhD was funded by Research Council. And I believe that if public money is funding the research, it should have some sort of applied impact. So I really wanted to create something that I could test and develop through my PhD that would have a direct impact. So that sort of is where the idea came from. And then it was through trial and error, my PhD research, and then doing lots of other work alongside because my PhD was part-time that I sort of really honed the idea and then um, after I tested a sort of proof of concept in one of my experiments and my music-based music listening intervention was shown to be more effective than mindfulness I then received funding from the Waits Foundation through going through student enterprises competition um, 
which is really what led me to seeing that this could be a viable business. And I think the Waits Foundation programme that year that Student Enterprise were running it was on social enterprises, and I really wanted to create a social enterprise. Um, I'd worked in the social enterprise sector and believed that was sort of the way forward in terms of business. Um, and so doing the six-month programme was really important in learning about how you take an idea and turn it into something that could be a viable business. There's sort of business planning, business model canvas, market research, testing the idea. So all of those things were really critical. And I think that was the thing that turned it from just a vague idea in my head into something much more concrete. And then having that first experience of pitching to a panel, having to answer questions was really important because it sort of showed me things I hadn't thought about and then yeah that initial pot of money from um, Waits Foundation through Student Enterprise was the thing that sort of validated the idea and made me think I could actually turn this into a reality. Great so once you had that idea and got some funding what were the steps that you took to get the technology in order to actually make the product? So <laughs> that was probably the most challenging bit because I'm a psychologist I don't have any technical skills whatsoever um, so I think the first thing I did was I sought out opportunities that would give me the exposure and the learning in technology so I got asked to be scientific director on a well-being app startup and working on that project really taught me what the process is in terms of doing a tech startup and developing an app. Um, I learned a lot about what not to do, which I think is sometimes more important. I learned how it was to work with technical people and the language that's used, because it was a language I just didn't understand. So that was really invaluable. And then I applied for a postdoc on a gaming project that was using a game to help children with chronic conditions learn to better manage their health. So that, again, was another, another experience that sort of taught me how technology could be used for good and also showed me that actually taking a game approach was probably a much better way forward than an app. So that really changed my business model, changed what I was offering, and also addressed some of the problems in testing. So when we tested um, the app, it was really fun, but the fun dropped over a couple of weeks. And so then going on to a gaming project, I sort of then researched game-based learning and, re and really saw that this was the way forward. And so I think the most important thing for me was getting out there and networking and building links and contacts in the tech industry. So that was through doing meetups, reaching out to people and just approaching them and saying, could I meet you for advice? I was very fortunate that through some conferences, I happened to meet some very big experienced people in those arenas. And that helped me to run past the idea, get an understanding of what needed to be done. And also through those experiences, I really understood that the money I'd received was never going to be enough to make the product and therefore I had to do quite a lot of creative thinking about how can I how can I get this made with not enough money which I really enjoy creative problem solving so that was quite enjoyable and also very challenging so I I got mentors which were really critical as well I applied for a social enterprise startup program that was a year long through the school for social entrepreneurs and that came with a bit more funding and also sort of enabled me to develop the idea and test it out and build my networks and get some of the business development experience I didn't have and then I think just really engaging primarily with the things that student enterprise run so lots of pitch of it every time I've done a pitch I've had to 
hone the business idea for the pitch, but also the questions you get and hearing other people and what they're doing really gives you that understanding of what a business needs and also what investors need so kind of financial forecasting all this stuff that I had no idea about and luckily I really enjoy learning new things and challenges so (laughs) it's been quite fun for me so I think the steps were really identifying what was possible with the funding I'd received where to get additional funding so then through student enterprise I did the Santander competition and then I also did the entrepreneurs program which led to getting more funding and that's now enabled me to do the development but also because we're a social enterprise and we're trying to help young people it was really important to me that the way the business ran internally aligned with the same values of what we're trying to achieve with our products and so I decided that I would like to give the opportunity to young people to have their first break in sort of game design development Um, and so we decided that we're going to employ young people to create the game so we've now developed a partnership with a local technical college which is really exciting so it was kind of coming up with creative ways to achieve the business aims that also met the social mission and also meant the product would be developed. But I think the most important thing has been having people around me that have walked that path and can give advice, can mentor and can also help with the challenges that come up and building a network within student enterprise. It was really nice, like doing the different events, getting to see the same people. And we've sort of formed a bit of a group where we support each other and just going to lots of events. So I took the opportunity through Surrey to do the Student Institute of Directors student membership as well and getting the exposure to this kind of businesses and people linked into the Institute of Directors has been really important. So I think... The next steps were saying, okay, so I've tested the idea, it works, I have a bit of money, so now it's about getting the prototypes made. But it was also really important to me that the products were co-designed with young people. So also building relationships with schools and youth organisations. So we've got 150 young people that are creating the product with us, testing the product. So that's really exciting. So yeah, it was kind of taking a lot of space and talking through with people what my values are are and therefore how I wanted the business to run and make sure that every decision was guided by the vision and also the values of the business rather than rushing to just get on with it as quickly as possible which has been really frustrating at times but I do think is probably the best way to go. So you touched on one thing in that answer that I think is particularly interesting and something that's quite relevant to students. And that is the idea of mentorship, which to a lot of students seems very mystical and quite overwhelming and intimidating. So do you have any tips for students on how they can find mentorship? (laughs) It's terrifying as well. I can honestly say I thought I was terrible at networking and didn't know how to do it. And so... I actually asked somebody, I said, how do you network? I don't understand. And I felt really stupid asking. (laughs) And they explained how to do it. And it's actually very simple. And I'm quite good at talking to people for the first time. But what I didn't understand was how you then follow up with them and how you build that relationship. So I basically asked people how to do it and felt quite stupid about it. And, you know, sometimes I do it quite well. Other times I do it really badly. Um, And sort of allowing myself to be imperfect in that. And in terms of mentorship, I still am not entirely sure I know how it works. But The first mentor I got was 
through the social enterprise program that student enterprise ran there were mentors on that program so I guess I learned how it sort of worked from that and then the research and development program at the university have a mentorship scheme so I then just thought I'm just going to apply for a mentor and see what happens so I had that mentor and that was really helpful and then the startup program I was on also had a mentor so I I've I've looked for opportunities to have mentors and then I've just sort of turned up and met them and hoped that they would guide me and that's had different success I think mentoring works better if you've got a really clear idea of what you want so now I actually know what I need in terms of mentoring and therefore the mentors I have now I've actually specifically sought out mentors with those skills and experience that I need but it took me, you know, three mentors that the process didn't work so well to get to that point. So I think I'd say to students, it's really important to try and think about what is it you're looking for from the mentor, because otherwise it's not that useful for either person. You know, what skills does that mentor need? What what are you looking for from them? And also in true mentorship, they're not meant to give you advice. But I found that doing a startup, actually a lot of things I needed was actually just advice. I needed I needed to ask a question, someone give me an answer. So I've also learned that it's quite important to find out what style of mentoring your that particular mentor has and ask them up front, like what are the expectations? Be really clear what you're looking for so that you find a mentor that works for you both in terms of skills but also in the mentoring style so I'm at a point now where I need very specific skills and I want them to answer very specific questions so I've had to very be very clear with the mentors that I'm not looking just for a space to talk I'm looking for advice and input so I'd say to students take some time thinking about why you want to mentor what it is you want to get out of it when you meet them for the first time be really clear and upfront about that and also don't be afraid to identify that it's not the right person and end that mentoring relationship. Because I think I felt with my first mentor, they were doing it for free and I couldn't understand why they would give their time. So I felt like I had to just keep doing it, even if it wasn't necessarily the right thing for me. So I think being really honest with yourself and also the mentor about whether it's working or not. So a lot of these students and young entrepreneurs that I speak to at student enterprise events and in the Enterprise and Innovation Cube are quite socially conscious and a lot of them are driven by a purpose rather than like profit, even though obviously, you know, you want profit and purpose, but they want to create companies that are sustainable and that are ethical and socially conscious. However, when you actually get into business, it gets a little bit more difficult to maintain those values when you are like up against profit margins and external investors. So do you have any tips on how students can create a business that aligns with their values so it's been it's been hard I think particularly doing a tech product because tech products need investment they need quite a lot of investment and most of the investors that I've met informally the moment I say I'm a social enterprise they say we will never invest in you we have no interest because you're too committed to the cause you'll never exit you and I find it really frustrating in this day and age that still there's this big split between like something with a social purpose can't also be a really successful business so I think I think because I've always had those really strong values you know I've always volunteered I've always worked in sort of organizations that are about helping people my mum does the same thing so I think it's such a core part of who I am that I 
don't find it that hard straying from that. But, you know, there is also a reality that people need to make money to live. So I think that's definitely caused some tension. I think, though, because I was on a social enterprise startup program, I've got other people around me that are also really committed to doing sustainable businesses for social purpose and that's really helped so I have people that I can ring up and go can you believe there are people in the world that don't care about social good and they go yeah I know it's really depressing so I think that's really important and I think I've got a really really close friends who know me incredibly well and I can say anything to and I think having those people around me that know me and therefore I trust them to keep me on track. So if I sort of say, oh, I'm good doing this, they know me well enough to say, but that's not really what you believe in. So I think that's really important. And I think the world we're moving into is a world where businesses will have to have some sort of, even if it's just social corporate social responsibility. So I think the future is social purpose businesses. And that keeps me kind of going and keeps me committed to it. And and I think it's just that balance of seeing that the social purpose is important, but actually you still have to create a really excellent product or a really excellent service. If you keep excellence of what you're doing at the core of it, but it happens to be around a social purpose, that is the best way to achieve that social mission. So I don't really see it as a conflict and it just means the profits go to achieving the social aim rather than the shareholders so for me it also they they don't have to they don't have to be two distinct things create a really excellent business and make sure that the profits help people and then it's it's really simple and very possible that's really really helpful advice so in what ways would you say that being a student and researching while starting a business has given you a unique advantage Uh, it's made me very tired (laughs) I can honestly say that what I the skills that I've developed in the last five years that are of value both to me but also what's recognized by other people as valuable they have all come from the activities I've done from trying to start my business none of them have come from my studies and I know that's quite controversial. And when I've said that at academic conferences, there's like a sharp intake of breath. And then you hear all of these things that it's really hard to get a job when you finish a PhD. And that's not been my experience. And I absolutely know that the reason I've not had, found it hard to get a job is because I have all of these other experiences, skills, activities. And I think a lot of the skills you need in work, such as being able to stand up in front of people and talk, being able to relate to lots of different people, be able to synthesize information in the moment and respond to it, being confident, talking to anyone, all of those things, communication, problem solving, creativity, all of those things I've got from trying to start a business. And they're the things that are valued in the world of work. So I think the best thing you could do as a student is also try and start a business. And it almost doesn't matter if the business comes to anything. The experience of going to the events, doing the pitches, doing the presentations, the people you meet, you know, just learning how to write a business plan. And and I find because so much of business is is so um, dynamic, you know, I'll go and have a meeting with somebody and that will generate a set of things that I need to then sit down and write that afternoon ready for tomorrow and being able to generate and write high level proposals or whatever it is sort of very quickly 
is a skill that I never learned in my studies but I have definitely learned trying to do a business and that's the skills you need in the world of work so um yeah it's it's been the single most valuable thing I've done whilst at university. So you mentioned at the beginning of that answer that one of the effects of being a student while starting a business is that you're incredibly tired. So could you talk a little bit more about some of the other stresses, pressures, but also opportunities that you've experienced while being both? I think the challenge is, I think generally working alongside your studies, but also particularly doing your own business is because that's much more immediate and in my case much more enjoyable and I felt much more passionate about it and also because it is paid and other people are relying on it and therefore you have to deliver it was definitely really challenging keeping my studies as a priority and not getting overly focused on my business I think also managing lots of different projects simultaneously can be quite quite hard also starting a business on your own is really challenging because you're so alone with it there's no one to discuss things with bounce ideas off and it can be really overwhelming so that's quite challenging and again because I had really good friends really good support network and also built a network of people who are also starting businesses there were the things that kind of got me through or having mentors to to talk things through with I'm also really close to my family so they get frequent phone calls from me going why am I doing this <laughs> what am I doing and I think just um you know learning learning to project manage and learning to prioritize whether that's prioritizing the business or prioritizing your studies knowing which needs to be prioritized when is really important skill to develop and also having an overview of sort of the next few months what needs to be done when when does and coming to know how long it takes you to do different activities so how long does it take me to write an essay okay that means you know I need to be starting it here so actually I need to make sure I don't book in any meetings that week for my business you know just kind of learning to know yourself and how you work and therefore how to manage your time effectively is really important and again like not being willing to not get it right all the time and you know there are some weeks where I massively overworked and got too much on and it's sort of a case of just getting through and then planning in a bit of rest or downtime afterwards um yeah. So you mentioned that starting a business can be quite lonely. So could you talk to us a little bit about how having the student enterprise community, being able to work in the co-working space and being able to find a community of new entrepreneurs who are just starting up businesses. So could you talk about how that has been beneficial to you? It's absolutely amazing having that support on campus. So having the student enterprise office where I absolutely know any time of day as long as someone's in there I can just walk in and I can just talk at some often at somebody rather than with somebody and they're always so nice so supportive I've never ever felt like I'm being rushed out of the room or whatever there's always time made you know to just sit down and, and just talk things through and because of the knowledge and expertise in the student enterprise team it means that there is always I always come out feeling better and I always come out with either more clarity or some solutions or you know okay these are the next steps and then through the activities and events and things they organize that's how I've met the other people and sort of therefore feel like I can now go and work in the enterprise cube 
And it's literally amazing the knowledge that's amongst the students in the Enterprise Cube. So every single time I go in there or every time we all go for coffee, we're just chatting informally, but someone will say something and it just happens to be exactly the thing I needed to hear that week. So a lot of so rather than me having to spend hours and hours researching, you know, how investment works or how to prototype an app, you know there's just the knowledge in the team and someone's done it and someone's willing to help you and you know equally I then have lots of experience to share with them or just you know someone going oh have you seen this funding call it would be really great for your business so it's just the kind of the combined knowledge and support saves so much time as well as making you feel like you're in it with a bunch of other people who are in the same place Um, and I think also because because there's people at a range of stages you know you can look back and go I was there I remember what it was like and now look where I am but also look forward and go wow they've done that that means it's possible for me to do it as well and then say you know how did you do this great so another question is if you could have one person that you admire dead or alive an entrepreneur or someone you just look up to over for dinner who would that be I'm actually really surprised at my own answer But I think it might be Angelina Jolie because she strikes me as someone who's always done what she wants to do, irrespective of what anyone else thinks, which is a streak that I may have myself. But she also seems to have the resilience to not not bow to pressure or the awful stuff that's said and seems to be very quietly and very humbly doing a huge amount of good in the world having done multiple careers being a mother you know it she strikes me as someone who who knows what she wants to do in the world and gets on and does it irrespective of what anybody else thinks so yeah I think possibly her which I'm very yeah no that's a great answer as you were speaking I just started thinking of all of the work she's done the activism the way that she produces quite um socially conscious films and like that's yeah I really love that answer and so speaking of female entrepreneurs how have you as a female entrepreneur working in tech navigated a particularly male-dominated industry it is hard you know most events I go to particularly tech-based ones you know, I will often be the only woman in a room of maybe 40 or 50 people. And also most of the people in that room are older. And that can be quite uncomfortable. And I think sometimes I feel like I'm not being taken seriously. And other times I feel like people aren't talking to me because they're interested in my business. They're talking to me because I'm a young woman. And that's very uncomfortable. And I've had follow-up emails that support that, which has been very unpleasant. But I think it's really important that changes. So that's what I try to remind myself of when I'm in those rooms feeling slightly uncomfortable, that actually I absolutely have a right to be there. I'm doing something really great. I'm as competent as anybody else in the room. And if things are going to change and have more women in the places where traditionally women aren't, then we need to just be in there being ourselves, doing our thing. That is brilliant. And I think that that's going to inspire a lot of young women who are listening to this podcast. So our final question of the day is, what is the best piece of advice that you've been given? Do you know the two nuggets that I got this year 
no, three actually, that I'm currently trying to live by. The first was I was talking to someone who's achieved so much in a 24-hour period. <laughs> and it just is quite incredible what she's done. And I said to her, you know, how, because I'm a terrible procrastinator, I said, how do you, you know, stay focused? And she just looked at me and said, would you employ you in your business with the way you're working right now? And I laughed and said no. And she went, well, that's what's got to change. And that sticks in my head. It's like, would I, the way I'm working at the moment, would I employ me in my business? And if the answer is no, then I need to change it. So that was an amazing advice. Someone else said, until you create the context in which your business has to earn money for you to live, you will never earn any money from your business because the motivation won't be there. And that really kind of resonated with me. So I let go of a lot of my paid work and it was amazing how just the focus and the direction suddenly came into my business and within the space of probably six weeks, just all this momentum built and all this, I got all this traction. So yeah, I think that was really important. You know, if you if you don't need your business to make money because you've got other income, you will never do what's necessary to make that happen. And the third bit, which I really like, is someone said to me, it sounds like you've got a vision and you're a bit of a visionary. And the most important thing is to stick with that vision because everyone will be able to give you advice and most of the time that advice will be very different but if you have that belief in what you're doing and you stick with that and just follow that everything will be fine and if you had to give students and graduates who are listening to this some advice what would it be i think i would give them the advice to be really brave try it anyway because it's probably the most freeing, exciting and best thing you'll ever do but embrace it knowing that it doesn't matter what the outcome is because what you will have learned in the process will be stuff you couldn't learn any other way so do it <laughs> thank you to find out more about Sarah and Play Well for Life, you can connect with her on LinkedIn at Sarah Campbell. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode in which we're going to be speaking to Omar Abedin. If you're a student or recent grad interested in learning more about student enterprise, we host weekly skill sessions in the Enterprise Cube on campus, which is located right in between the library and uni temps. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you in two weeks. Startup Surrey is brought to you by the University of Surrey's Student Enterprise Department and is produced by me, Rafara Mazarura, and Jocelyn Chandler-Hawkins. To keep up with us, visit surrey.ac.uk forward slash student enterprise or follow us on Instagram at surreystudententerprise.